Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here, you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today, I'm going to give you an example of how probabilities work in our everyday lives, including not just the living, but in this case, also the dead. I'm going to do this in an unusual way uh, for me by uh, devoting most of the session simply to reading what Seth was explaining about probabilities. Normally, I'd make a lot of my own comments, but in this case, I believe Seth's material speaks for itself. And I, wa I wanted to address probabilities today because probabilities, it's so important, it's so essential to understanding the larger reality. I mean, probabilities make uh, free will possible. Probabilities gives us the ability to change things in the, in the past and in the future probabilities makes us realize that all events just are and that the main determinant of what happens is focus more than cause and effect. Probabilities also gives us hope that we can eventually wind up in a wonderful world compared to what we have right now. Probabilities are working all the time in smaller individual private life situations as well as bigger international situations, such as whether or not war will occur. And the example that Seth gave that I'll read here today is an incidence of where probabilities works even in the small, daily, personal decisions of our lives. So now uh, let me start reading uh, what Seth has had to say on the subject. Here it is. In many ways, history is your built-in past the obvious events that are significant. All of the different variations that can be played upon human consciousness, all of the racial probabilities, are in one way occurring in ages past, but they're also happening in what you think of as your present. As mentioned earlier, your consciousness seizes upon certain events over others and brings them into significance, and therefore into the official reality that you know. Even in your private lives, however, there are clues as to other kinds of sequences in which events can occur, and do. You are usually unaware of the significance of such hints. They pass beneath your notice simply because they do not fit the ordered sequence with which you are familiar. In your idea of reality, such clues appear insignificant. They make no sense, particularly in the ordered scheme of reality generally recognized. Your cellular structure is innately able to follow such sequences. Believing such clues to be meaningless, the conscious mind does not perceive them or calls them coincidences. 
Such clues in your intimate daily life, however, looked at in a different way, can tell you much about the potential of the species and give you glimpses of other systems of reality in which human consciousness can respond. I am here using an incident from the experience of Rupert and Joseph, and that's what he called Jane Roberts and her husband, <clears throat> from the experience of Rupert and Joseph, but the reader can make his or her own correlations and discover like events from which the same conclusions can be drawn. So now he starts with the example. Driving through Sayre, Pennsylvania, one Sunday afternoon, Joseph noticed a house for sale in a neighborhood he knew and remembered that it had belonged in his memory to a man of whom his mother had been fond. On impulse, Joseph <clears throat> had Rupert call the real estate firm whose son was on the house. The house was still owned by the man in question. Joseph only remembered his mother speaking of this gentleman in the past. In the recognized reality shared by the Butts family, there had been no <clears throat> intimate contact between Joseph's mother and Mr. Markle, as we'll call him. Joseph's mother had been greatly struck by the man, however, and was convinced that she could have married him instead of the husband she had chosen. Through the years, she fantasized such a situation. Mr. Markle was and is wealthy. Now, of course, he is an old man, unable to tend to his home any longer. He is now in a home for the aged, but well cared for. Now, Joseph, and again, Joseph, remember, is Rob. That's Jane's husband. Joseph felt strong leanings toward Mr. Markle's home. Though the price was quite high, Rupert and Joseph thought about buying it and were taken through the home by the real estate people. A coincidence, a mere trick of fate that Joseph could be walking through the old man's home, and that Mr. Marco would be spending his last time in a nursing home, as had Joseph's mother. Meaningless, but evocative that this house was for sale, and that the old man was insisting upon a price higher than the house's worth, just as Joseph's mother insisted upon a high price for her own home, and determined to get it. Now, as a matter of fact, she did get it, and that's another similarity, but uh, let me continue. So Seth went on to observe, that is how it looked from the outside. It appeared to be one of life's curious incidents. Instead, you have a rich interweaving of probabilities. For in one probability, the two were indeed married. And that Stella, that's Rob's mother, that Stella saw the house go to the eldest son. Well, that's Rob. In this probability, this Joseph instead comes upon the house of a relative stranger, finds it for sale, and can or cannot purchase it according to the new set of probabilities then emerging. There is a cross-blending of, quote, effects, close quote. In this probability, Joseph's mother left little, in financial terms, relatively speaking, and her house was sold. The family did not get it. Now, all probabilities are related. Joseph's mother is dead in your terms, and aware to some extent of the nature of her own reality beyond the physical. <clears throat> she is able again, to some extent, to follow through with her own probable existences. That is, she is conscious of her own being outside of the 
official framework. Her own psychology and characteristic methods of behavior are still hers, however, and operate so that she tunes into those areas of probabilities that concern her own desires and interests. In this system, she wanted Joseph to have her own house, but for many reasons that did not develop. It was then at her behest to some strong degree that Joseph happened upon the Markle house in question, felt that he did indeed want it, and took the steps that he did in his reality. If your mother did not get the man and the wealth then, to her way of thinking now, you can still get the house that she fantasized was her own during her life. She often dreamed of living in it on a mental level and an emotional one. She used that probability in this life to enrich her own hours through daydreaming, but without, of course, any realization that those daydreams had their own reality. Even now, she wants Joseph to have a finer home than either of his brothers has. This is, however, a clear case of the interweaving of probabilities. In this one, Joseph can choose whether to buy or not, so there is no coercion by Stella Butts. Joseph and Rupert were also shown a second house in Sayre, one a good deal cheaper, but generally much like the one in which Joseph's mother lived in this life. They saw both houses on the same day. The second, like the first, was for sale because of age. An elderly couple recently moved from the second house to a home for the aged. Again, the, quote, official mind says, coincidence, all of this is quite natural. Many homes are for sale because the elderly can care for them no longer. The second house had no garage and was not in as fashionable a neighborhood, but it had its own elegance. It made Rupert now laugh with its odd nooks and crannies. That house did not have the weight of Stella's intent upon it. Yet it was also a house that she had noticed, thinking it more grand than her own, one in which she could have been happy. It was her second choice. Now the real estate couple, we'll call them the Johnsons, were also connected. Again, the official mind says that it was a coincidence that this couple were, in their way, artistically inclined, enjoyed painting and writing, freelanced, and still lived in, a, in an apartment after some years of marriage, and that the man was relatively quiet in contrast to the woman. I'll make a personal note here. That description could well be said of Rob and Jane as well. Yet again, Seth said, probabilities merge, for the woman could well have been a writer, the man an artist. And seeing Rupert and Joseph, they related with other probabilities inherent in their own natures. The intent that Joseph's mother had lives beyond the grave in those terms. She still wants Joseph to have a house, and one that will be more fashionable and wealthy than her own. Now, Mr. Markle, a wealthy businessman, also had strong artistic abilities. He was a dealer in precious, st precious stones and fine antiques. These qualities attracted Joseph's mother, Stella, <clears throat> and with the situation as she set it up in that life, she was impressed. 
knowing that the man's talents would bring him wealth. His artistic leanings caused him to choose real estate people who had latent artistic abilities of their own. As the two couples talked, it turned out that there were other, quote, coincidences. Rupert and Joseph had recently thought of taking a weekend vacation at a particular resort motel within the general area, but not especially close by. And this real estate couple had been forced to spend a night at the same resort due to poor weather at a time when a psychic was featured as an entertainer. This psychic startled the couple by correctly identifying some specific elements of their experiences. So there was some kind of psychic connection also. Again, of course, coincidence. So says the officially organized mind. The rich interweavings of probabilities are apparent in all of your lives. If only you would stop organizing your perceptions and experience in prepackaged ways. I'll, I'll repeat that. The rich interweavings of probabilities are apparent in all of your lives. If only you stop organizing your perceptions and experience in prepackaged ways. All right, Seth goes on. The many directions possible for the species exist now. Joseph reacted on a cellular level in one respect. The cells recognized the probable reality involved. And he, Joseph, felt that he was, quote, at home in the Marco place, and yet consciously could not explain the feeling. In certain terms, his mother will feel vindicated if Joseph buys that house. But the choice is still his and Rupert's. If you pay more attention to what you think of as coincidences, you will discover another kind of order that underlies the recognized order you follow. This has all kinds of implications biologically as far as the species is concerned. You can perhaps understand then that there are also probable histories beneath your lives, individually and en masse. Now, there, of course, Seth is referring to the fact that there are not only you know, probable selves, but also probable cities, nations, and even worlds. Seth goes on to make this point. The neurologically unrecognized orders can show themselves once you recognize their reality. Then your sense data will begin to confirm what has not been confirmed thus far. The apartment house in which Rupert and Joseph presently reside has a shared driveway. In certain terms, it is the connection, the symbol, between the two probability systems. For Mr. Markle's house also has a shared drive. Rupert and Joseph live in double apartments in a large old mansion redone into such quarters. The driveway is shared with a very wealthy family next door in which the same size house is a home to one family. Joseph's mother wanted Joseph to be very wealthy. The drive symbolically connects the two realities and is a point where the two merge. Okay, that's where uh, Seth's uh, description of the probabilities involved, that's where his description ends. And it is interesting that in this example, the probabilities not only involved two living people, 
but also one who had transitioned out of the physical body and was what we considered dead, and that's Rob's mother, Stella. I'll end this session here, but I'll be referring back to that example in uh, one or two of the next sessions. Once again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.